Listen up, bowlers. Are you looking to gain mental focus over your competition? Do you ever need that extra burst of all-natural energy during league play? MindFrame is the first all-natural supplement packed with vitamins and all-natural ingredients to keep bowlers at the top of their game. Supports muscle recovery and joint support for the day after that long tournament. You cannot continue to neglect your most important tool, your body, if you want to win. Experience the striking power of MindFrame. Visit S3Direct.com. That's S3Direct.com. Hi, this is Norm Duke. You're listening to Above180.com with Tim Berg and Joey Serrar. Above180.com, taking your bowling game to the next level. Tim Berg and Joey Serrar are ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews and coaching to drilling layouts. Now, from Washington, D.C. and the Bowlers Pro Shop in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, here are your hosts, Tim Berg and Joey Serrar. Joining us today is 2008-2009 PBA Rookie of the Year and Storm staff member Jason Belmonte. We invited Jason on the show to discuss his involvement in an incident which will air on ESPN during the Geico PBA Team Shootout. Also, make sure you check out jasonbelmonte.com to keep up with Jason. Good morning, Jason. Joey here. G'day, Joey. How you going, man? Well, I'm saying good morning, but is it good evening where you are? Yeah, yeah, definitely not uh, no sun up where I am right now. It's uh, I think it's closer to 11 p.m. We're, we're, we'll begin our interview today. Uh, one thing Tim and I, you know, want you to know is we don't want to become, you know, anything like a TMZ or a Hollywood insider where we just, you know, look for gossip or you know, things like this to talk about in the, in the bowling industry because Tim and I both respect the sport of bowling far too much, but we do feel it's our kind of our responsibility to at least let bowlers who are involved in certain, say, discrepancies in, in the sport, especially prominent bowlers such as you and, and Sean, at least to give their side of the story so regular bowlers and listeners to our show can kind of get a, a clear insight into what went down on that PBA telecast. So here we had kind of an open forum for you to kind of describe what happened on that day and, and exactly, you know, your side. Tim and I both read your rebuttal on the PBA site and, and thought it was very, very well written and very heartfelt and honest, but there may be some things you might want to add to this today. Is that okay? Yeah, you don't ever have to apologize to ask a question. I mean, like you said, you guys... Uh you love the game. This is something that has um, that has happened uh, on the PBA tour, and people want to know about it. So you definitely don't have to apologize uh, to talk about it. Well, that, that's good to hear. So, is there anything you want to describe about exactly what went down on that day prior to uh, the, the rant that Sean is being shown on YouTube clips? Look, you know, I think my response um, that I had written. Um, it covers everything that I was feeling on the day. Um, I think probably the one thing that, um, you know, because obviously I've, uh, I've read that letter, I've written a million times, and um, once it was published, as soon as it was published, there was always that one thing you're like, oh, I should have added this or something like that. And, and the one thing I, I definitely should have said is the fact that, um, you know, going on in my career, um, I'm definitely not going to stop drinking water. Um, but I'm definitely going to have to be a lot more aware of my surroundings. And I was fortunate enough um, with Sean that when it did happen, it wasn't in his uh, actual approach. Um, 
like it was with Brad. And when it when it happened, when I picked the bottle up off the ground and it popped in my hand there, um, I, I already knew he was going to turn around. Uh, what I didn't know was uh, I didn't expect to see uh, the next part of the uh, of the story unfold. But you know, I think um, it's quite clear that I just can't uh, do that again. I, I can't give uh, anyone any reason to ever think that uh, this was intentional. And you know, a few of my friends have said, "Look, you know, after Brad, um, you know, what what possessed you to even put a bottle in your hand?" And I said, "Look." I drink water, and that's what we're given. You know, I, I don't have a uh, another bottle with me, and and at the time, I definitely wasn't thinking it would ever happen again. So, um, you know, that that's where I guess the fault lies with me. Is you know, anything that is possible is can happen. So, I think from here on in, um, you know, you'll definitely won't be seeing me drink out of a a, a crappy plastic bottle again. But um, I think actually in the shows thereafter, I drink uh, I drink out of a glass, which um, at the time it was more of a, a tongue in cheek. But I think um, it's probably the smartest thing to do is obviously have something in my hand that isn't going to create any noise. Jason, have you thought about changing to type of bottle? Because it seems like the, the, if it's the same bottle that we saw from the last incident with with uh, Brad Angelo. They're the certain, you know, the 16, 16 ounce bottles that have that crackly kind of plastic to them. Is there a thought? Has there been a thought to go to something that almost like a crackle-proof bottle? Yeah, well, I mean, it's funny because when those bottles are full with water, uh, there isn't any air inside the bottle. So your initial half of the drink, you actually don't hear, or there is no crinkling at all. It's until the water gets lower um, and, and more. To the, the lower half of the bottle that the bottle starts to crank and so as you're drinking the match I'm not paying attention to how much water I've drunk um, so it'll be silent and then basically all of a sudden without warning I'll pick it up and the bottle will start crackling because there's now too much air inside the bottle so like I said you know it's, it's the one thing that I'm going to have to take a lot more care in and and not not give people um, or give myself the chance of this ever happening again. So perhaps a uh, a crinkle proof. Is there such thing as a crinkle proof bottle? I'm not sure, but um, I'm definitely going to have to drink my water out of something probably a little less crinkly in the future. Right, and I think that's probably the the wise thing to do, not just for yourself, but for anyone else, because it, it's an unfortunate you know accident that can occur. You know, during the heat of battle, I mean, it's not like it's it's forefront in your thought process. Don't make noise. Don't make noise. I mean, you're there to drink and bowl and focus on the job at hand. Uh, do you agree with the PBA's promotion though of these events? Uh, you know, a little bit kind of like WrestleMania type, where, where they're they're promoting it on their websites, possibly to gain viewership or just maybe get some interest in the sport. But do you think it's it's correct on their part? To promote this, and then on the other hand, be a governing body and issue out a fine to Sean for doing this. Well, I think there's two sides of the coin uh, to that particular argument. Um, obviously, I would hope for both Sean and I um, that it wasn't publicised and it wasn't marketed because um, obviously it's probably something that, and again, you'd have to ask Sean, but if it was me and I did what Sean did, I would definitely not want millions of people around the world to see that. Um, and from my point of view, you know, I 
definitely don't want people to ever assume or, or have a, a shadow of doubt of my character as if I was doing something like this on purpose. So from that point of view, I would obviously say no. I would, uh, I would not like this to be uh, been, I've been promoted and in the way that it has been. But then, you know, the other side of the coin is you have to look at it from a news point of view. Um, I, I don't think I've ever seen what he did happen on the PBA tour. Um, you know, people people want to know that stuff. And, and in today's society, um, just uh, even I, with our football and cricket back home, it doesn't matter what happens to those players. If it's a negative review, it's get, it gets spoken about through the, at the media outlets. Bad thing for bowling is, you know, we're actually uh, our own journalists. We're actually marketing and writing about the sport within the industry. Unlike these other sports where it's a, a completely outside the square um, entity talking about it, they can say whatever they want. But with us, we don't have all the newspapers and TV crews and all these people coming in to write about it. So for news stuff, you know, the PBA had to do something. Um, like I said, I wish it never did, but I also understand the reasons why it was publicised. You know, I, I mean, just from the from what we've seen so far, it has created a lot of uh, a lot of talk and a lot of buzz in, in many bowling communities around the world. Unfortunately, it is a very negative topic, but it has definitely sparked something. So, from their point of view, I don't blame them. It happened. So. Just like any other journalist of any other new, of any other media outlet, they would write about it in any other sport. It's very hard to say to the PBA, you shouldn't be writing about this because it happened, and no one else is going to write about it. So it's a really very grey area, and what should have been done. Um, like I said in my my letter, the thing that I might have been upset about was the way in which the first incident was written. Um, and advertised, um, and I express my views pretty clearly about that, is the fact that I don't care that they want to write about it. It was uh, some of the quotes, headlines, were making the assumption that I was a, a villain on tour, that I was doing these things on purpose, or it was a possibility that I was doing this on purpose. And, um, you know, that, that was very hard, uh, hurtful because, you know, I, I pour my heart into this sport, and um, just that to see things written in a way that you know are completely false um, is very disheartening. So that, that was my gripe with it all. Not the fact that they were talking about it. Same thing with Ian D'Angelo incident. It happened. It happened on TV. People want to know about it. You know, uh, we live in a world where that's, people don't just forget about those things. They want to, uh, they want to know more about those, those kind of blow-ups and... I'm the same in any other sport. If there's two football players on the field having a go at each other, now I'd love to know a little bit more about it, what caused it, why they did it. But um, as long as the article was written honestly and uh, and in a way that didn't imply one of them was doing something on purpose, unless of course he was, then that's probably where I would I would draw my conclusion from. Joining us on the Above180.com podcast today is Jason Belmonte. Check out Jason's uh, JasonBelmonte.com for more information and to keep up with Jason. Jason, have you spoken to Sean since the event? And if he's listening to the podcast right now, is there anything that you'd like to say to him? He, uh, he did come over to me um, directly after the incident. Uh, he was wishing uh, the rest of the Storm staff good luck uh, for the rest of the matches. 
um, he called me mate and wanted to wish me luck. I was a bit fired up after that, and and uh, I definitely said some things that you know I definitely shouldn't have said because uh, I was embarrassed. I I just realised what a friend or what I thought a friend had done to me on national television. So I told him in a maybe not a polite way to to go away, but uh, that that was probably the, the one thing that I would change is uh, at least give him the chance to to say his thing. And I didn't give him that chance on the day. Um, and again, you know, I, I look back and I was so upset. I, I, I really couldn't even look at him. I was uh, just very, very disappointed and, and heartbroken because this is a guy who, you know, we've traveled around the world together and we've, we eat at the same table when we're away. We golf together, all these things. And it just kind of all kind of welled up inside. And then he did that to me. I was like, I just, I don't want to see this guy. But, you know, like I said, looking back, I should have given him the chance to at least wish me luck for the next match. And perhaps there we could have spoken about it a little bit and, and this wouldn't have been so bad on a personal level. But since that, no, we haven't had a chance to talk. Um, obviously, we're both going to be in Texas for uh, Bowl Expo. And, you know, we're on the same staff for some company. So I'm pretty sure there's going to be a time where we're going to be in the same room. So we'll see how it goes. And, but I'm a pretty pretty forgiving kind of guy and it's it's not like we're going to be best mates again but uh, I'll definitely like to hear his side of the story and, and why it was fueled so much as, as the way it was you know everyone's got a reason for doing something and he's not crazy you know he, he obviously had a reason so I'd like to know that resolve that reason and um, what happens to our friendship thereafter will probably be something that we will resolve next time we talk yeah, I, I would agree with that, Jason. And, you know, I mean, Sean, I, I've had the pleasure of meeting him a number of times. He's a very emotional player, uh, probably not afraid to express his feelings and emotions, you know, as openly or, or as easily as some people. And I, I would think just in the heat of the battle, you know, he just, it was bottled up inside, you know, excuse the expression, but he, he had to let it out somehow. And, you know, it was a, a, a mate of his, you know, Brad Angelo, who was, you know, had the other incident. So, you know, there was a connection there. He was almost possibly like the bigger brother. It was his responsibility the, the, to kind of speak up and say something and not be supposedly picked on again. You know, and just like you felt afterwards, you regret, you know, saying some things to him. I'm sure right after he said it and he has time to think about it, it's very possible he feels the same way. Well, I mean, that's true. But at the same time, um, you know, I wasn't doing this on national or international television uh, with children present. Um, whatever, whatever anyone ever did to me on a t- on a TV show would never warrant that um, outburst. I, I would never um, use language or and actually, you know, some of it was was premeditated. That's the other part that kind of really upset about me was listening to the footage and and seeing the extended version, the, the strike before he, uh, he tells me to step up to that shot, and he uses a word that you wouldn't call a friend. So, and, and you know, I understand the whole concept that when you're on the lanes, um, you know, no one's your friend, but there's a respect there for each other. Um, you know, and, and I think the best example of that is, is probably Pete Weber. Um, there isn't a guy I know who is more passionate and, uh, emotionally charged on TV than that guy and yet I've never heard him in all the years that I've been watching him 
call another player a name. You know, it's it's always been a very emotional outburst. And whether it was directed to the player or not, he's never actually used a curse word to uh, to call a player. So was, a little bit of me was thinking, well, maybe this was slightly premeditated, like like you said, to to, to get get me back for Brad. Um, a little childish, if that was the case. And you know, obviously, we'll have to ask Sean if that was the reason. But you know, we had ample opportunity to uh, discuss what happened with Brad if if he was taking that on a personal level with uh, himself or his company. We bowled all weekend. Um, I think, actually, we spent uh, a week and a half in the Middle East together prior to that uh, showdown in, in Chicago. Plenty of time there if you wanted to come up and say to me that you thought what I did against Brad was uh, was wrong or, or to discuss that, but there was no chat. We were friends. We went to dinner. We golfed together in Kuwait, and then, um, yeah, that, that's where I'm probably a little bit confused, and I'm sure if he ever does um, come up and talk to me about this, we can definitely uh, find out the reasons behind it. Because yeah, I just, I just, it real. I'm still shocked about the the reaction. I mean, if it's the fact that he just doesn't like the bottle crinkling, then talk to me about it and say, look, you're crinkling this bottle. Everyone hates it. Stop crinkling the damn bottle. Get another thing. Whatever. You can say it in so many different ways. Um, I just. I couldn't believe what he'd done. So do you believe then that this was some built-up animosity from Sean? And, and might that even stem from the fact a little bit that, like you mentioned, you guys are on competing ball manufacturer different staffs. So you, this was a, a manufacturer's cup that you guys were bowling at in Chicago. No, well, if he comes up and asks me, that'll be the first question I ask him is, you know, was this a premeditated uh, event? Was it on your mind from the beginning about somehow defending Brad Donner in any way? Um, you know, that's going to be one of the first questions that we'll talk about. And I'm sure one of his first questions is, is why did you do it on purpose? And I'll, I'll look him right in the eye and tell him, I've been drinking water my entire career. Um, you know, this is obviously unfortunate on, on such a, a large scale, but this is the first time anyone's ever said anything to me about a bottle crinkling. And on top of that, it's, it's completely accidental and unintentional. Um, that's the part that I think uh, I, I want to really stress to him is, and anyone else for that matter that ever doubts what I've, uh, what has happened. Um, you know, it just—it's it, so, yeah, it's just disheartening to ever think that someone would leave their country, their family, to go and bowl against the best bowlers in the world, who has the talent to compete uh, on their own, to then feel like that. I would have to purposely pull people off with a simple crackle of the bottle. And like I wrote in my letter, if I'm going to put them off with the bottle, I'll throw the bottle at their head. That's how I'll put them off with the bottle. And and that's what it just, it just absolutely spellbounds me. And then on top of all this, after the Angelo incident, if this was an intentional crinkle to put someone off, um, I would have to be the dumbest person in the world to do it again with about 15 ESPN cameras and PBA cameras watching our every move. On top of that, even dumber to do it in an event in which I'm not going to earn a title from, and then even dumber to do it in an event in which Brunswick and Sean were no threat to myself or Storm. There's, there is absolutely no motive in, in me doing that to Sean that day. 
And like I said, the reason why I didn't apologise to Sean was because the timing of it wasn't horrible. Um, it was accidental, but it wasn't during his approach. That's why I was apologetic to Brad, because it was in his third step. It put him off. And I felt absolutely horrible and distraught about it. Um, but, you know, I, I'm not going to apologise to Sean, because I feel like... I haven't done anything wrong. What I have to do in the future is take that bottle out of my hand, giving uh, no one uh, the reason uh, for, for anyone to imply that I'm, I'm trying to do something contentionally. So, yeah, that's something that I'm going to have to do. And that's, that's where I, I hope it stays. I hope, you know, after everything that's happened, and if any other guys on tour or around the world doubt what I think, come up to me. Talk to me, look me right in the eye, and uh, I'll tell you. Well, I'll tell you, Jason. We really appreciate your honesty and uh, you know being able to to speak about this and and not be afraid to say anything that that's true in your mind. Uh, I'd like to switch gears and talk a little bit before we go here about some of Storm's new products, uh, which is what the show is all about anyway. Uh, I've had the luxury of being able to test their last three balls. Uh, the Storm Breeze, Tropical Breeze, the Storm Marvel Pearl, and the Storm Victory Solid. Personally, I think the Breeze is a sleeper of the three in that it kind of bridges the gap between the, the Tropical line and their urethane line. Uh, is that a bowl that is going to see a lot of action in your hands? Oh, no doubt. Yeah, I, um, I, uh, when I first threw it, I, I was actually bowling... Um, at the Kegel Training Center, and there's a fair bit of oil on the line, and it went, it went dead straight. And that kind of made me smile, because I'm like, well, once I see a little friction, um, that ball's going to be really handy. So we ended up uh, changing the lane conditions, and I started throwing it on the cheater, and it, uh, it allows me to go from the urethane. And when you start to see the ringing tens, at tens of the urethane ball, um, it's just that little step up that allows you to stand basically in the same spot. Well, it did for me anyway, in the same spot, and instead of the ball, you know, losing its energy a little early like the urethane does, it stores it just a little longer and then releases it into the pin. So I was really happy to see Sea Storm come out with a ball a little stronger than the urethane, uh, but not as strong as the rest of the tropical line. So I'm very much looking forward to, uh, to using that ball in the shorter patterns or, you know, even that patterns like the US Open after a billion games are bowled on them and, you know, the heads are gone and going to be something that I can throw without having to uh, you know, throw it 45 feet in the air and, and throw it as hard as I can, so I'm very excited. And then the other two, the Marble Pearl and, and the Victory Solid, you know, just when you think bowling balls can't get any better in your hand, you know, we, we keep bringing out new ones that are just bigger and better. And you know, The Marble was such a great ball for, for me to use when the volume was heavy and well, I wanted the ball to read a little earlier. Um, now to be able to switch from that straight to the Marble Pearl um, and have a, a very similar read, you know, down the lane, um, it's phenomenal. I'm just so happy. And then, well, with the Victory Solid, I've, I've been a big fan of solid balls. My favorite ball of all time was uh, the T-Road Solid. So you'll probably see one or two Victory Solids in my bag. Don't worry about that. And, and this ball, the Victory Solid, is kind of like the big brother to the old you know, uh, Black Thunder that started the whole deal with, with Storm Success and, and the T-Road Solid, uh, you know, in that the core is just a little bit stronger. So it's kind of just that little bit of a notch step up 
that Marvel Pearl, kind of the big brother to the uh, to the Victory Road Pearl. You know, a little bit stronger, total motion, uh, total hook, but that same arcing feed at the back end of part of the lane. There's no skid snap to it. So you're right. The storm just keeps kind of surprising us with, you know, these balls that just kind of fit in their own little niche. They, they do their own thing well, and, and they have these nice steps up and down in total hook for bowlers. Uh, it's got a wonderful company to play for, I would think, Jason. Uh, I'm extremely honored to be a part of the Storm family, and um, I've expressed my feelings to Bill Christman when I was uh, just a teenager when I first signed with them that, you know, I... I really don't think I'd be where I am in my career without having equipment to suit and, and uh, having equipment with such a, a wide variety of, of reactions. And now that's something that I, I constantly tell our uh, R&D department how awesome they are is I've never thrown a ball and in the current production line said, oh, well, I don't need to throw that because it's exactly like this other one. Every ball has its uh, design. Every ball has its uh, reason to be in the line. And it fits every every time that you need that particular ball. That's the one you go to. And, and I think when you have a range of bowling balls that are not similar at all, um, it just allows you to um, to have so many different options. Especially when competing on tour and you're bowling against the best bowlers. And you know, at the end of the day, sometimes, well, a lot of the times, ball reaction uh, will will be the key between you, you know, exiting the tournament or making the show. So it's so wonderful for me to be able to go and, and look in my bag and, and see just a bunch of different bowling balls that all of them have their place and uh, I can use any ball at any given time and know that it's going to be a great ball. Again, Jason Belmonte joining us on the Above180.com podcast. Jason, before we go, do have to mention you said you're going to be in Dallas for the Bowl Expo next week. Also want to mention you're going to be doing an IAB boot camp coming up at the Cowtown Bowling Palace in Fort Worth. Uh, tell people what they can expect if they're going to head to that boot camp. Yeah, this is probably one of the most exciting things uh, that I've done. Um, the, the coaching side of, of bowling is something that, um, you know, I've obviously been helping and coaching kids and, and adults for most of my career, but to actually take it to a, a professional level like this and start a company with uh, Ron Hoppy and Deandra Asbady, um, it, it's, it's really exciting. Um, now our program is extremely unique. Uh, the three of us have three very uh, different um, and very uh, um, specific uh, core things that we like to teach. So you're never going to hear the same thing twice from, from any of the coaches. And uh, we, we all work very well. We're all friends. We work very well together. And I can guarantee that if you, if you do come, um, you will have a really good time, uh, a lot of laughs, and you're going to learn a lot. Um, you know, Ron basically invented bowling. I mean, I know it's old, and we joke about it a lot, but the guy knows, you know, every time I talk to him, I, I'm just, I'm like a sponge. I'm learning from him every day. And uh, it's really exciting to talk to somebody like that. And with Deandra, she's gone through every kind of coaching program from collegiate through to Team USA and has brought that along with her and her coaching. You know, the fundamental aspect of bowling, she knows back to front. So... Yeah, it, it's really, really informative. But at the same time, you don't get bored because we like to uh, think of ourselves as as entertaining people and, and funny people. So we definitely make sure that, you know, in between the knowledge soaking in, you're having a couple of laughs and you're really enjoying the weekend. And that's, 
kind of what bowling's supposed to be. You're supposed to learn and have fun at the same time. And we don't want people to go to our clinics and think it's just a school where their heads are in books. Or uh, we definitely don't want to be on the lanes all day long where their bodies are getting, you know, beat up and and everything. So it's a really good mix of of knowledge and practical work and and having a good time. So if you're interested, yeah, internationalartofbowling.com. Check us out. Um, We're on Facebook and uh, we'd love to see you there. Jason, again, we appreciate you coming on, hopping on with us on this uh, this interesting time in this incident, an unfortunate incident again. But uh, we're going to do it again, and hopefully the next time we have you on, we're just going to be able to talk about all the great stuff from Storm like you enjoy. We're talking about in the IAB and coaching and everything else because we don't we don't want to bring you on again to discuss another incident with a uh, bottle. So, Jason, thank <laughs> no, you again for joining that. us. And, no worries. Look, I appreciate that. And I think the most important thing is, is we all do realize that uh, this was a, a negative incident, but the PBA Tour has some, some unbelievable bowling, and I feel like it's time that uh, we, we start focusing on that bowling again. The Summer Series, you've got to watch it. There are some unbelievable matches in the Summer Series. I mean, the, the, the class of bowler that you see on TV this, for this Summer Series is, is phenomenal. It's high, high pressure, great, great skilled bowlers, and the matches are close, so... You know, apart from this one instance, um, the rest of it was extremely, extremely positive. So hopefully everybody watches that, enjoys that, and, and we all forget about this, this incident. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, Jason, this is all water under the dam and uh, or over the dam and under the bridge. We, we will not bring it up once again. And we're looking forward to watching some exciting bowling this weekend. For Tim Berg, Joy Serrar, Jason Belmonte, good luck and good bowling. <laughs>